Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Khan, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business without burning out. This episode is called Make It Sell Itself on referral systems, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Let's get started. One year into running Feedback Panda, we released our referral system. It was an immediate success, and it has stayed that way ever since. When we sold the business, around 40% of our new signups came through our referral system every single day. Immediately after turning on the user-facing parts of the referral system, we started seeing results. Our social media channels quickly filled up with our customers crafting posts that contained their referral links, and signups went up, and churn rates went down. Today, I'll explain what referral systems are, how they benefit and can benefit everyone involved, and how you can set up one quite efficiently. Let's start with the Feedback Panda referral system. Feedback Panda had been humming along with the steady influx of new customers for over a year. Through the strong word of mouth marketing that happened organically within our teacher tribe, because our customers were teachers, they were used to their peers talking about our service. So we decided to add a referral system when we raised our prices by 50% on January 1st, 2019. The referral system was supposed to both amplify existing word of mouth marketing, as well as giving our customers a means to offset the increased price of the subscription. It was, in essence, a retention play. That's why we went with double-sided reward structure. Both the referring and the referred customer would get a substantial reward for participating. It worked like this. For every three customers you referred, you would get a free month of our service. It would be automatically credited to your account the moment the third referred customers purchased their subscription. All referred customers would get a 50% lifetime discount on their subscription. After increasing our prices, this kind of brought their monthly cost right back to where it was before, but it made the price appear so much more attractive compared to a non-referred subscription. This massive discount of 50% had an interesting effect. Prospects who had heard of our product actively asked for referral codes in social media, and they were often bombarded with large numbers of responses, each containing a referral link. As a consequence, we saw our referral links pop up in lots of places, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, even obscure subreddits and niche blogs. It was a big success, and signups have been substantially referral-driven ever since. So how do we get there? Let's look into how referral systems work, what benefits good referral systems provide to everybody involved, the risks to your business and to your customers, and finally, how you can set up a referral system and get it running. So let's look into how does a referral system work. Referral systems are not cheap marketing tricks, right? When done right, they can be a great way to grow your business and provide value to new and old customers alike. The idea is very simple. You get a customer to invite a new prospect to your product and you reward either just a customer that referred or both for participating in this transaction. Most often you use a unique referral link that's generated for each of your customers so you can track who invited whom. You then encourage your customers to share this link wherever they think new prospects might find it and click it, I guess. The reward of a referral system can vary significantly depending on the kind of service you offer, though. Dropbox famously used a referral system that gave both the advocate and the referred user increased storage space. At Feedback Panda, we just discounted the subscriptions of both parties. 
There are many more kinds of incentives you can use, such as store credit, coupons, cash, or gift cards. And I think I'll talk about this later as well. The math of a referral system is simple too. If the revenue of the discounted advocate plus the discounted revenue from the referred customers is higher than the non-discounted revenue for a normal user that doesn't participate in the referral system, your system works. It's that easy. So how can a referral system provide benefits? Let's just talk about the benefits altogether of um, yeah, a system like this. Referral systems are economically sensible because the rewards you provide are worth the increased revenue that's generated by customers, investing time and energy into marketing your product. That's particularly true in highly tribal niches, which is why we could offer a 50% discount and still significantly impact our MRR with the Feedback Panda referral system. At Feedback Panda, we had uh, the niche of, I guess a very specific niche of English teachers that taught online, that taught English as a second language through Chinese online schools um, to Chinese children. So it was a very specific place. And teachers in general built tribes, tribal structures, and we could just tap into that. When you sell into an interconnected group of people like this, the built-in virality give, will give you a lot of visibility um, and will give a lot of visibility to community members who recommend your product. So by offering a referral system, you add a way for new customers to get substantial savings on a recommendation by a trusted peer. So it's not just the savings, it also comes with like a trust exchange. You can't do much better when it comes to incentivizing a conversion. It becomes a win-win-win situation, right? The advocate gets rewarded for referring the new customer, both from your servers and in the form of trust inside the tribe. The referred new customer receives a reward for trusting the advocate, a new business gets a new customer that's inclined to trust the service. This kind of trust projection strengthens business relationships. And in the end, this will positively affect your customer attention all over the board. So what benefits does a referral system provide to the advocates, to people doing the referring? I think there are three kinds of benefits that stand out for the customer that refers your service to their peers. The most visible one is the reward itself to them. Right. So often in some form of cost reduction or improved access to a service or whatever, that is something the advocate may enjoy immediately after referring a new customer, or at least after the new customer has subscribed. And this immediacy is essential. It allows customers to turn referring and referring new customers into a planned and scheduled activity. I already said that our customers at Feedback Panda were online English teachers, but as it turns out, the Chinese online schools they were teaching for had understood the value of referral systems too. The schools would pay teachers handsomely for referring their friends and family to become teachers on those platforms too. So by making it clear at which stage of their teaching journey a referral reward would be paid out, the advocates could reliably plan their monthly income around those kind of referrals. Over the years, we've seen that some teachers actually stopped teaching altogether and they've been generating their income from exclusively referring other teachers. And a good referral system allows you to do that, to build a business on actually referring a product. And you don't necessarily have to offer money, like in this case, um, for our teachers or for those teachers, but it is a possibility. Because in the end, like I said, 
a good referral system is more economic than not having one at all. The second significant benefit for an advocate is reputational. If you show to your peers in your community that you use an expert tool to do your job expertly, well, what do you think your peers will think you are? An expert, of course, right? So by embedding the referral link into helpful content, many advocates show that they know what they're talking about and that there are benefits to following their advice. The third advocate benefit is related to empowerment. It feels good to help other people and it forges relationships, particularly in a tribal setting. I'm still in contact with many, many people in, uh, I guess, the IT industry and, and the entrepreneurial crowd who've referred business and programming related tools to me. This is not because I saved a couple dollars, but because I've actually received advice and guidance with it. And the referral was just a small part of the whole thing. So they helped me understand the things that can be done better. They helped me grow. And I've done the same since. I've tried to help other people and I feel good knowing that my advice and my suggestions are enabling other founders and developers to become better at their craft as well. So these three, um, the actual reward, reputation and empowerment are the benefits for an advocate. Let's talk about what benefits exist for new users, the users or customers that have been referred to your product. It's quite likely that your onboarding that you've developed for your product is not as effective as you think. And prospective customers, no matter where they come from, they come to your landing page, some of them sign up, some of those might use your product, and a few of them will eventually subscribe. The, and referrals are the duct tape for your leaky funnel. A referred user comes to your product with the expectation that if the advocate can use it, so can they. There are a few incentives to sticking with a service that comes referred, I think. And it's that you trust in a supposedly good product. The, there's an expectation of savings down the line. And most importantly, you know that there's a real person somewhere that you can ask if you run into trouble. And that is the person that preferred them there. So there's this, this level of trust transfer that happens if somebody refers a product that gives people so much more resilience to just stopping to try and use a product. So they will just continue that much more and there, you will see that in conversion rates. We've seen this in the conversion rates of people that came referred to our product as well. They converted much higher than people that just came through organic or even paid. So it was visible that there was something that happened even before they came to our product that gave them the belief that our product is going to be great. And if you just spend enough time, it's going to benefit them. And that's what a referral does for the new users to your product. So let's now talk about how a referral system helps your business. Um, I think that the relationship between the new user and the referring advocate is important and should not be underestimated. In fact, it can be incredibly useful to your business. Because let me bring up the example of the Chinese online schools again. So they build a referral system that would show the advocate exactly where the referred teacher was along their journey or all of them. And then, and that's the genius point, they would allow advocates and new users to communicate through their platform. They encourage the advocates to help and guide new teachers through their journey. Essentially, what these schools did is that they crowdsourced their onboarding to their existing customers. 
If you build a referral system where your experienced customers help the new users get up to speed, you can significantly reduce the workload of your customer service department. If you add a referral system on top of a mature product, you can expect the most basic questions to be answered by your advocates before they even make it to your customer service tickets. And honestly, if you build a system with a good knowledge base, that people automatically get suggested through your customer service chat tool or whatever you use, then those things will never ever hit your customer service desk again. We built such a journey tracking component into the Feedback Panda referral system and advocates could see if the referred users accomplished certain milestones and where they struggled. It was really nice. This kind of outsourcing also created a permanent feedback loop uh, for us about the onboarding process and first usage problems. Right after we released the Feedback Panda referral system, our advocates started reaching out, telling us about why they had issues, helping their referred users make sense of the product. This allowed us to either change the product quickly or provide better instructions through our knowledge base. We also noticed higher retention rates in both cohorts, the advocates and the referred users. We attribute this to the long-term rewards of the new users and I guess the easy to reach um, threshold for three referrals per month to perpetually have a free subscriptions for the advocates. Um, and I guess also the kind of tribal trust that is in this whole referral system. One of the most significant benefits of having the system turned out to be the added insight we suddenly add into our customer base. With unique referral codes, one per user, we could track where our new customers were most receptive to marketing and could intensify efforts there. And who among our customers would most actively share the link in which social networks? That made the previously opaque word of mouth marketing much more measurable. And that was really nice. Like finally, we actually saw where people were talking about us beyond the Facebook groups and Twitter conversations that we already had alerts and, and word triggers for. And it was really, really nice because um, if you see where people click a link, it, it, through an analytics, I guess, um, it is so much more interesting than knowing that it comes from somewhere on Facebook. And that really helps to figure out where the water cooler is, like beyond the groups that we already knew, where do our customers talk to each other? For that, we toyed around with the idea of actually creating different referral codes per social network, but we never followed through on this. The idea was to make tracking even more manageable and more thorough, I guess, or detail rich, but we decided against that um, because this becomes particularly cumbersome when you don't create random referral codes, but when you use human readable ones, like with the name of the customer or their business, that was very problematic just conceptually because at some point people use a recognizable and short and easy to pronounce referral code and not like 47KJW, stuff like that. And if you create multiple random codes, it can just lead to a lot of confusion. So we decided against that as well. Let's talk about risks. Um, because while referral systems are usually opt-in, and can be ignored entirely by everybody involved. If you don't want to use it, you just don't. There are several questions you might want to ask yourself before offering a referral system. And I think this is the most important part of thinking about referral systems. I call this the risk of fizzling out or is your service shareable? Because referral systems, sadly, I guess, but 
it's a factual thing. They don't work for all products or services. In fact, there are many reasons why a referral system wouldn't work too well or at all. So let's look into a few of them. A referral system might fizzle out if customers would lose their edge if they shared your service. Think of a marketer finding a tool that allows them to capture new hidden markets. Do you really think they would share their secret weapon with other marketers? If there's anything to gain from keeping your usage of a service secret, and you really have to, like even the smallest things, the smallest kind of benefits they draw from not having other people use it, other people use it, people will not want to share that they use a service and they won't be using a referral link. The second one is what I call training wheels. Customers would admit to being a beginner if they shared your service. That is also a reason for it fizzling out. People rarely admit that they're not good at something, but if they publicly admit this or have to admit this by using your referral link among their professional peers, they probably are not gonna do it. And the third reason why a referral system might fizzle out is what I call empty pockets. Customers would admit that they need the savings from the referral system. We do not like admitting that we're not able to afford something. And if sharing a link makes other people think you're cheap, you would not share it. You would rather not be able to afford a thing than to be able to afford it and tell other people that you needed a discount or something. At least that's true for most people. There is ex uh, exceptions to this, but so we, yeah, what we had losing the edge, training wheels and empty pockets. These are the three reasons why a system might fizzle out. And conversely, a referral system will work best if it has the opposite, right? And for losing the edge, the opposite is a system having network effects. If customers tend to gain something from another user joining the service, then um, the referral system will, will likely work. If there is a reputation gain, if customers can show that they're experts in their industry instead of beginners by using your service, if they can show to the, your yeah, to their peers that your product is making them an even more capable experts, um, then they will likely use a referral system. And if they are also able to show that they're doing well financially, and I guess from a status perspective, that will also make them very likely to use a referral system. Ryan Culp wrote a blog post on the dimensions of shareability, and I highly recommend reading that on his blog. Um, the other, let me tell you how this worked for Feedback Panda. For Feedback Panda, we had a powerful network effect built into the product. So our customers could share their feedback templates with each other, and they would. There was hundreds of thousands of individual templates that people published to what we call the Feedback Panda Cloud, which was a system that allowed them to both look at other people's content that they would publicly provide and import it into their own database and then share their version of it. It was really popular and it was mostly the reason for new people to come into the system. So it was clearly a network effect and everybody was aware of that. Every customer that came to our product would understand that by providing more content, other people would benefit from that. And by other people benefiting, they would then themselves provide more content, allowing the original customer to benefit again. So the network effects were crazy. Um, in, 
And that meant for us that every new customer might bring fresh content that existing customers could use immediately. And inviting a new customer to the website was a way of actually doing less work eventually for our customers. So they had no problem sharing the service. Our service also showed them in the professional light, right? Shone a professional light on uh, our customers because teachers who use Feedback Panda care about their students and are good at what they do. At least that was the public perception because Feedback Panda was an expert tool. It was meant to strengthen people that are already good at what they do and using it to project that into their community. Finally, we could disregard the financial aspects. Uh, so we are an exception to the rule in this case, because essentially, to be quite blunt, most teachers don't have a lot of money. Like, all teachers are well aware that they, they are in a precarious financial situation from a professional perspective, and they don't mind sharing bargains with each other. We actually noticed that in the groups that we frequented on Facebook and such, that people would often share just coupon codes and other referral links that went to products that they could use professionally on a cheaper, uh, for cheaper, and they didn't mind. They didn't mind showing that they were trying to save a dollar. So that would be the risk of fizzling out, right? So let me reiterate this because I think it's very important. Losing your edge, admitting to being a beginner, or admitting that you need the savings will keep people from using a referral system Conversely, network effects, showing that you're an expert and show that you're doing well will have people use a referral system. If you could find in your business any reason why people would not want to use a referral system, you can be pretty sure that some people will make this very clear and will act on this, right? They will not use your referral system because um, if you, if you like, let's, let's say, for example, you offer something that gives your customer an edge over other customers in the community. It is very, very unlikely that even if you push it, if you, if you put it really center on the dashboard, or if you send them an email, if you call them up, if you talk to them, ask them to use a referral link, if they have the slightest doubt that using a referral link will be problematic because it might encourage the competition, to use your product, they will not do it. You can try to give them as many rewards as you as you want. In the end, they understand that if their professional edge is threatened, their whole career might be threatened. So you, you just won't be able to go through this kind of barrier of the human psyche. Let's, let's get to the next risk though, because I, I think this is also an important one, also one that people ask me about on Twitter, and I want to talk about it now. It's what I call the risk of feeling icky, the kind of will it impact genuine mouth-to-mouth -mouth marketing question, right? Is establishing a referral system going to be a problem for your existing viral or at least organic conversation about the product? Once you're sure that your product is inherently shareable, you should still think about how it might change the conversation that is already happening organically. Because often a recommendation through a referral system that was that kind of came naturally before can feel forced and sneaky once a referral link is involved. 
If you can live with the fact that some of your prospects might be turned off by incentivized sharing, then go right ahead and just build a referral system, honestly. But if you have a very sensitive niche, be extremely careful how and how much you recommend sharing referral links. And here's the thing about sufficiently large groups of people. You will not be able to please everyone. There'll always be people who are seemingly allergic to even the slightest sign of self-interest in their communities. We had a few teachers complain about the referral system system cheapening the genuine message of their peers. These kind of purists will cry out whenever they sense the slightest trace of rewarded behavior. They will call their industrious peers shills. They accuse them of being paid for this. And they'll be very vocal about marketing that they think has no place in their community. So be aware, if you already see this with other kinds of marketing or referrals or just people talking about products, that the moment you add a referral link where it's clear that somebody's gaining something, you will have these people cry out and point at it very publicly. And if your system works for you, you can just ignore these people. They are not your audience. Talk to the people who listen, enable your, I guess, most excited customers that you have to spread the word and make a little bit extra on the side. If your service is good enough and if it's outstanding, people will appreciate it. And people understand referral systems, right? Conceptually, they understand being rewarded for behavior. It's just if your service is not good enough, then it feels like a forced mechanism. In our case, people really, really benefited from the SaaS product that we offered. So even though people saw that there was some sort of reward in there, they also understood after using a product that this was worth it, right? This kind of link that they clicked enabled them to all of a sudden do their job much better. Maybe it's fine that the link also rewarded the person who put it there. We made sure still to tell our customers very clearly not to turn this into a marketing frenzy. Because to be honest, we knew our customer base, right? We were teachers ourselves, we understood teachers, and if they see something exciting, they usually they don't hold back. But we asked them to never only post a link, always to add some helpful text or at least an explanation of a product. We asked them to respect the rules of their communities regarding product placement and advertisement and these kinds of things. And in consequence, we really only received a very few complaints from our customers about upsetting their communities. They were well aware what they were allowed or not allowed to do, and we did not force it down anybody's throat. It was always optional. Let's talk about the risk of speaking too soon, because that is the question, is it the right time or when is the right time to add a referral system? Um, earlier, we... I talked about the sharing a referral link is always a risk to your advocate's reputation. What if they refer something of low quality, right? What happens to them if they only share it because they can make a cheap buck? And this kind of perception is, is always possible. And these are valid questions that people, prospects, your prospect, prospective customers will ask themselves when they see a referral link. Um, what if this is bad? And what if somebody just wants to make money? If the result, uh, the answer to these questions, uh, to, to this kind of question that they perceive is in any way positive, like if they if the product is not good enough or if somebody just wants to make money, um, this will cause trouble. And the best way to alleviate those fears, 
honestly, is by providing a reliable product that allows for a great initial experience. If people ask, oh, is this low quality? And what if they only want to make money? And then they see an amazing product, they forget about the question. If they, if they wonder if it's not good and then the product is, uh, it's kind of good, but not really, then their initial thought will be confirmed and you're going to have a problem because they won't share it and they likely won't even become customers of yours. And a product that is reliable and allows for a great initial experience is not going to be your MVP. Your first version, your prototype is not going to be reliable and it's not going to be great. It's going to be good but it's not going to be great. And if you think about the, the kind of customer that comes through a referral link, that's not an early adopter. That's not an innovator. It's not a, that's not a person that has been with the product since it was a really, really small, really niche, barely known to anyone kind of product. The person that comes through a referral link is part of the mainstream. And mainstream people don't like MVPs. They don't like prototypes. So usually... You want to have customers that come through referral links, come in through, or at least in a phase that is much later in the lifetime of your business. In the survival stage of your business, you try to find a repeatable business model and you build features into your product that make it better for your customers. This phase is notorious for lots of trial and error and, you, and everything changes all the time. It's definitely not a good time to have customers onboard other customers, only to find what worked for them is not working anymore. So. You best wait until your product is stable enough for your user-facing documentation not to change every week. I think this is what I would kind of um, make a deciding factor. It allows your advocates to support their referred prospects more reliably, and it will just allow you to build a referral system that itself is reliable and stable. So push it. Don't do this while you're still trying to find product market fit because you're going to lose people along the way that you would have reached a couple months later with a better system and you're going to lose them forever because their initial memory of your product is going to be a convoluted, hard-to-use kind of system. And you don't want mainstream customers to think that. All right, let's talk about setting up a referral system. I'm going to walk you through the two phases of adding a referral system to your service. First one is actually setting it up and then making your customers use it. Let's talk about technical choices because that's very, very relevant. Like most things SaaS, you can either use an existing solution or build your own. I personally built the referral system for Feedback Panda myself because I wanted to create a very custom system. In retrospect, this probably wouldn't have been necessary. Services like Referral Candy, Referral Rock, or Sasquatch, or Ambassador, they offer tools that are easy to integrate and allow you to manage not just referrals, but also affiliates and partnerships. In our case, we only wanted a simple system that was perfect for our customers, but you know, in IT and in development, wanting a simple system usually turns out to be quite some work. Not only did I need to implement all the server-side logic to assign subscription extensions correctly and discount plans and all this stuff, but I also found myself fixing a large number of front-end related issues that came from the tracking technology that I needed to build to tell who referred whom in a reliable way. If you prefer to spend a few weeks building that instead of building useful features for your customers, go for it. But if you instead focus on your strength and what you're actually good at, then use one of the services that already solved all these problems for you. 
if you use one of these third-party services, make sure you like the way they integrate with your product. Some have widgets, some offer APIs only. Work with a system that fits with your long-term strategy. Personally, I recommend anything that offers an API because then you have a lot of control over how it looks on your side and you don't have to use the kind of system or widgets or the components that are offered by the company you paid to do this. But that is just me. I like to have this kind of uh, control over the, the visual components. Other people who just want to get it in quickly because it's it's really as, as important as a referral system can be for your marketing. It's not a core of your product, right? If you if you build a specific SaaS for a specific niche, a referral system is not going to be the most relevant part of it. It's going to be important, but you should spend the time building the product that your customers love and not integrating referral systems that, well, may or may not actually be useful for your business and for your product. When it comes to complexity, make sure to take a staggered approach, like a step-by-step -step stage kind of version. Your referral system, just like your product, doesn't need to be completely finished to be useful for your customers. For example, we released uh, Feedback Panda referral system initially just to track referrals, but not to show the current stage of the product adoption of the uh, to the advocate, like I said earlier. Um, we added that later, and it was more critical for us to gather feedback on the overall system than providing every feature immediately. Because the whole point of a referral system is for people to be able to start sharing, right? You don't need every single feature down the line when you just want to be enabling people to start sharing. And the most important technical aspect of that system is that it reliably tracks who refers whom. That's all you need to start seeing the benefits. You can even, depending on the amount of customers you have, you can even add this whole subscription free month or discounted subscription to the new signup accounts manually for quite a while. It, we had a couple thousand customers. We needed an automated solution. But if you have, I guess, more B2B customers than a referral system in that space, and some of them actually work at B2B, you can still manually do this until you really need it in an automated way. So let's talk about the second step, encouraging your customers to become advocates. We launched, launched our referral system publicly at the same time um, when we increased our prices. That kind of allowed us to announce both changes at the same time in tandem and with a month to go. I think we talked about it, started talking about it at the beginning of December 2018. And we uh, yeah, launched it in January, January 1st, 2019. We started reaching out to our customers through intercom messages and the weekly newsletter, uh, emails even, explaining what we'd be, in, what we'd be introducing and clearly st stating the value proposition of using the referral system. We framed it as a way to help other teachers become better teachers while saving a few dollars. So it was always about empowerment first and then actually receiving the reward. That works with teachers because they, like their whole business, their whole job is to empower students to actually become better at what they're doing. So empowerment was the trigger that we played into. And that kind of system builds a sufficiently high anticipation that on the day of us releasing the referral system, there was a noticeable wave of customers sharing the referral links like all over the place. And on Facebook, we, we saw sometimes uh, yeah, tens of messages, which is a lot in Facebook group, at least on the set at the same time, talking about Feedback Panda with a link in there. And that prompted a lot of the peers that were not yet customers of Feedback Panda 
to become interested in what Feedback Panda was. And those questions then summoned our evangelist customers to share their testimonial. So, uh, so somebody put in the link, somebody asked what's Feedback Panda, and then somebody else completely uh, unrelated to the person originally sharing the link would come in and say, oh, Feedback Panda is this really cool product. I used this here. I made a YouTube video just explaining how it works. Look at this. And it just snowballed from there. People were ready to do our marketing for us on that day. And they really did. In our communication leading up to and after the launch, we drew parallels with other referral systems as well that they might know. And this kind of trust transfer opportunity made a meaningful difference in the adoption of a system. So I, I think it's really important to tell people that already are exposed to kind of similar systems um, that yours is like that. So as our customers already knew, a similar referral system from the school that they taught for and might even have become a teacher actually going through such a referral system and the process, hinting at the similarities showed them that it was in their best interest to participate. We also made sure to publish clear step-by-step -step descriptions of how to find the referral link in our platform and how to make it interesting for prospective customers in a number of several knowledge base articles that we published. We used screenshots and video tutorials to make it as easy as possible to understand. And we also added a very prominent interface element into the dashboard of our application to make sure that the concept of referring customers was exposed to our customers' field of vision every single day. We chose that kind of communication over active recruiting. We didn't reach out to all of our customers directly, but we put it in front of them. We put the information right there wherever we could. And I, I still think a referral system should be optional and it should already only work if, or people should only use it if they really want to support the service. And we wanted our advocates to refer new customers because they found it the right thing to do and not because we asked them to. Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't and can't reach out to specific customers. In fact, active recruiting is an excellent idea in tribal niches. We, at some point, like a couple months after, we started talking to a limited, a limited number of our most socially active customers. And we recommended that they try out the system to see if we would give them more insight into their reach and analytics and that kind of stuff. That approach netted us a few excellent placements of links on these specific blogs or under very highly like voted for Instagram posts and these kind of things. It was really nice. Let's think about, uh, and this is going to be the final part of this, um, a few thoughts about tracking privacy. When it comes to tracking, I recommend you capture the whole journey if possible for maximum insight. Track the channels where your referrals happen and who is most prolific at putting the referral link into those channels. There are opportunities for partnerships that go beyond sharing a link. You can quickly find influencers that would like you to sponsor their channels. And we did that too. We found a lot of people from pretty much ranked like who invited the most people and the people that on, on top of that list, we just reached out to. And we found that they had a pretty large following of people and people who have a large following are open for sponsorships most of the time. So we reached out to them and asked uh, if they yeah if they wanted to do more with it and this turned into long-term partnerships that went um that maybe started with a referral system but went much further if you're planning to have your advocates on board your 
new customers, make sure, and this is the privacy part, make sure you restrict the communication in a way that keeps personally identifiable information from leaking. Do not share email addresses unless your users explicitly agree with such a practice. The best case would be to use an in-app messaging channel that allows you to control who talks to whom, and that also allows people to like mute each other and these kind of things. It's important to not have this become like a side channel communication that you have no control over, or just a means of actually grabbing the information of all your customers. First off, it's a privacy problem if people have access to other people's emails just because somebody clicked on a link. But also it just opens up uh, like an attack vector on your on your system because you could just easily try and brute force all the kind of IDs and get like email addresses and that stuff. So it's a potential for a security breach. So that, that would be tracking privacy. Always kind of make the best of it when it comes to tracking, but do not um, yeah, risk the information of your customers from, yeah, from becoming public information. You really don't want that because that can ruin and will ruin your business particularly if you're in Europe, but anywhere else as well. So in conclusion, I guess the most important thing for me is that please remember that not every business can benefit from adding a referral system. It might even make the business look greedy when a low shareability product is pushed through a referral system. The systems are meant to support your marketing with an incentivized method of getting new users to try out your product. Make sure your product is shareable uh, it has like a network effect and uh, people can show their experts and people can show their well-off. Your rewards incentivize your customers best if it incentivizes both the advocate and the new user. And you provide plenty of information on how they can communicate the benefits to prospective customers without appearing spammy. And that's how you build a fantastic referral system. So uh, those would be my thoughts as they appear in the article on thebootstrapfounder.com. Um, I, I kind of want to continue and, and think about this a bit because there's a, there's a couple of thoughts that I may not have expressed in the article. I just want to add them here. Um, what you're doing when you build a referral system and what you want, kind of is you, you try to weaponize your product. Right? You're weaponizing your word of mouth marketing as it exists. That also means that if you don't have any word of mouth marketing, your referral system will be really, really weak. It's like trying to weaponize, I don't know, like wood. You can still make a spear out of it, but it will break. If you weaponize steel, obviously it's going to be a stronger weapon. So the idea is that if your word of mouth is already great, referral system will work so much better because the, all these, these kind of small intricate details, they play a big role. So if you need a good product and you need good word of mouth for a referral system to work, if you have neither, the referral system will do nothing. If you have a good product, but no word of mouth, then all of a sudden these links will appear and people will wonder, what is this? Nobody talks about this anyway. Why would I click this link? And if you have a bad product and good word of mouth, well, then I don't know what's going on. Your marketing may just be really cool, but a referral system will not change um, the conversion rates at this point because 
if the product is bad, people will figure this out. Even though they may come with added trust, it's not going to be enough to make a bad product look good. Um, I, yeah, again, it's important for me to stress the three factors that make a system shareable, right? Network effects, expert projection, and projecting your well-off. I think the network effect is one of the most important ones. Or conversely, not having your product give them an edge over the competitors that would cause them to make it a secret. If people perceive something as a threat to their livelihood, you can be sure that they will do the, the maximum they can to protect it. And you may you could, and this is, uh, yeah, a potential way of dealing with this, you could have a gigantic outsized reward that could actually, that they would benefit from more than the risk of actually losing the edge, but that's unlikely, right? If you look at these kind of existing um, SaaS referral systems, like what Dropbox has and what Airbnb and PayPal has, um, it's just not an outsized reward because there's very, very little risk towards the edge of a customer. Think about this. If you use Dropbox professionally, you don't care if companies that are competing with you use Dropbox professionally, right? Just having a tool where you put your data, where you put your documents, could be any. People might have it on a local network share or they upload it to Dropbox or Box or the other competitors in the space. It really doesn't matter for you um, if people know that you use Dropbox, but it does matter if you can actually gain a better plan or more space. So the, the reward is much higher than the risk in this case. Um, the, yeah, there, there are many tools like this um, in, in business where you don't have a problem sharing it. I'm just thinking of business analytics tools like ProfitWell or Biometrics that you hook into your Stripe data for yourself, right? It's not a public tool. You don't have to share all your information. You just have to share that you use the product and you can get something from it. So the network effect exists in all of these products because uh, for Dropbox, I guess the network effect would be, well, that you could share with people and you could actually create a sharing network with people. And the more people you connect with, the more access to files you have and in a business that makes a lot of sense for Tools like Biometrics in particular, these business analytics tools that I really recommend using if you have a SaaS or if you ever want to have one, um, the kind of cohort comparison you can make of your own business, that is super interesting. These tools show you like where you rank among other businesses that are like you. Right? Do you have high churn compared to them? Do you have low churn compared to them? Obviously, that uh, every single new user that would join this kind of system would provide more information that could lead you to get more to get more insight on your business. So you would share it. Right? There's no edge in having a system that gives you insight that increases the more people are in the system. So network effect is very important. So if you're now looking at your own product and you see, hmm, I don't have anything like this. Like people only use this for themselves and they don't share it, they have nothing to gain from sharing it, they actually might have had something to lose from sharing it. Don't focus on building a referral system. Sorry for wasting your time, I guess, but um, at least for the last, like, what, 30 minutes? But it is, it is not going to be useful for you. Don't focus on this. There was different kinds of marketing that will be more useful than a referral system because the people 
that use your product will not use your referral system if they stand to lose the edge. Yeah, um, that is important for me to talk about. I think this should have answered all the questions that I found on Twitter. If not, just reach out to me on Twitter again. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It'll help other founders or founders-to-be find this podcast and learn more about starting and running and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.